This week on Gay Film 101, we discussed the 1982 film Comeback to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Okay, Dallas, let's get going. Give me the description. All right. So a fan club of diehard James Dean fans meet on the 20th anniversary of his death and reconnect, opening old wounds and facing new ones. So this was released on November 12th, 1982. That was 41 years ago. The On that day, the KGB chief Yuri Andropov succeeded Leonid Brezhnev as leader of the Soviet Union. American actress Anne Hathaway was born in New York City, and the number one song in the U.S. was Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warnes. This is our first episode in about a month. It was an unexpected month-long break. All right, so this film made $2.3 million of a budget of $850,000, has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, with just seven reviews and an 81% audience score. And it's an adaptation of the 1976 play directed by Robert Altman. So Altman is considered one of the great modern American directors. Five-time nominee at the Oscars for Best Director. He directed MASH, the movie. And then Nashville, which is considered one of the great films of the 70s. And then his last film was Gosford Park in the early 2000s. And this cast is pretty stacked. Uh, We have Sandy Dennis plays Mona. She's kind of the main character. And Sandy Dennis was already an established film actress at this time. She won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And then, of course, we have Cher playing Sissy. And this is Cher's first major, like, mainstream film that she did in her career and kind of kicked off a big 80s film career for her that culminated with an Oscar for Best Actress for Moonstruck in 88. And then we have Kathy Bates, who was a pretty well-known off-Broadway actress and she had been in a bunch of soap operas in the 70s Um, but this is also i think it was her second film appearance Uh, of course she would eventually also win an oscar for best actress 1991 for misery Uh, and then my favorite actress in this film is karen black she plays joanne and she's kind of a gay cult actress and was nominated for an oscar in the 70s or actually the 60s i think late 60s for five easy pieces and went to have a successful 70s 80s acting career um, and then an actor that we've talked about on this podcast because he is in kind of the gay what's considered the gay nightmare on elm street the second one plays the main character in that one um, and it's mark Patton, and he plays joe and to get this out of the way he's the only actor in the film and he is openly gay in the beginning he's playing a gay man and then of course find out that he transitions to be a trans woman but it's a queer actor playing a queer character so points for that i guess and then you have sudi bond as juanita kind of the bitchy old jesus freak manager and marta heflin is edna louise we'll talk about edna louise i don't know why she's in this movie it's kind of a funny character but before i get into my thoughts on this film and why we're talking about it ryan what are your thoughts initially? Okay. I'm clear my voice. Okay. So I didn't like it at all, but I Shocking. understand why it's oh, good. I'm I, under, I, I understand why it's good. But the reason why I don't like it is because I don't like plays. Really. It's a play. It's a play. Yeah. 
because before I even, I didn't even read the biography of this. I just watched it and I'm like, this has to be just a play. Right. And then I went to Wikipedia and I was like, yep, it's an adaptation of a play. And it's, it's a true, because they don't do any, they don't change anything. It's a, it's it's shot and acted like a play. It is. It really is. And Um, it's not, not my cup of tea. No, I knew it wouldn't be. (laughs) So that's why I made you watch it. I can respect what it is, but it's just not literally. It's a one for one of a play like transit, like transitions, like the hard cut stuff. It really threw me at first because they didn't really like like, they flashbacks. They just like flashback, but they don't change what they look like at all. No, it's the the actor. Just, we just have to like (laughs) suspend our disbelief that they're 20. But I had no idea. It took a couple of those, like one or two of those. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's what they're doing. Cause I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I mean, once Joanne gets revealed that Joanne is Joe, then it kind of really. Clicks. Oh, I got it before that. It was well, before I would it was... hope so, but I'm just saying that's when, if you really are confused, that's when you should figure it out. But I was just like, what is going on? And then, and then it clicks. I also want to say that it's one of these, I have no idea if this was like a one we could have purchased on Amazon for five bucks to rent, but you gave me the YouTube version and it's defaulted to Portuguese, which is hilarious to me that the subtitles, I usually have the subtitles on just yeah, so I can get extra context. Too, yeah. The subtitles are Portuguese and then the English version is just like AI generated. It's not even official subtitles. The only official subtitles is Portuguese, which I thought was just a weird thing, but it did a lot well. I thought the performances were across the board. Well done from, is it Sandy Dennis to share yeah. <laughs> Kathy Bates? I didn't even, I was like, is that, I saw her name in the credits. And I'm like, wow, I'm just used to like bigger Kathy Bates. Yeah. This is young, young Kathy Bates. And she looks good. She's looking good. Shares looking good. Yeah. Shares fantastic. I thought the acting was well done. Like, it's, of course, it was over the top in some scenes, just overacting. But well, I really hate Sandy Dennis in this movie. I understand that she's a good actress, but I mean, she's so annoying in this movie. I guess is that the point? I think that's the point. I think we're supposed to feel how everyone around her feels, which is like, Jesus, get a grip. She's in her own little world, <laughs> self-centered, la la land. Um, so I did have a question though, because you did say, so Joe, now Joanne, you said they were gay, but there was like some vibes of like, Joe wanted Mona. Yeah. And then, and then Mona shot him down. Mona. And then Mona shot him down. And he's like, I guess I'm going to be gay, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's muddy because we only really get it from, um, from Juanita. Her perspective is just a Christian homophobe. Yeah. Um, just assuming that he's gay, which yeah. He was, you know, he was a, he was, all his friends were girls. He dressed up as a girl. So yeah. to this town, that just means he's a faggot, yeah. basically. And of course, Juanita's husband fires him because he like, what? Uh, he dressed in drag and tricked one of the local boys into thinking he was a girl yeah. and he tried to have sex with her yeah. in the car. And then he had strawberry jello tits or something. Uh, it got a little yeah, I don't know. confusing. Okay. So whatever we can get off that. I just, that was like, I wanted some clarification if there was like, yeah, hey, we never, okay. it's never, it's never, I'm just assuming to me, Joe reads as a, a gay, a youth. Yeah. Okay. So another question I had, just a plot line that I thought, why the fuck is this in this? Is I understand that like the Jimmy Dean or James, whatever James Dean, Jimmy Dean's whatever the kid. Yeah. What? Why the? This is such a play thing. He's off screen the whole film. We never see him. We never see him. Yeah. Also, why do we have to go with the mental retardation or whatever the special ed? I don't understand. It was so confusing. It was like he has issues, and then they're like, no, he doesn't. He's twenty and looking at porn. Yeah. I don't know. It's not. I was like, okay. This is like a play thing and. 
doesn't really translate to a movie. Yeah, I just think that was mm, trying to show that Bono was very protective of him. And we had her running outside every five minutes going, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I do love it. I love I'm it. telling you, it's such a play. It's like such a play thing. I love but... it because it's just, it's like real life. You'll be, you'll, two characters will be having a conversation and the camera pans and you kind of hear yeah. their conversation. But then all of a sudden Juanita starts talking. Like they're just talking over each other, like real life. And then there's a lot of scenes where Mona just walks around the shop and yeah. <laughs> nothing happens. And her monologue about how she had sex with Jim, James Dean went just went on and on and on. Which I can see how people go, oh, this movie's boring, but I think the dialogue is great. I love the dialogue. I think it's so funny. See, I had no problem. I don't think the movie's boring at all. It's just, this is not my type of movie. I just, <laughs> not not for me. Also, Jimmy Dean, I just think of the sausage. Anytime Jimmy yeah, Dean I know. Said, just sausage, Jimmy Dean sausage, Jimmy Dean sausage. I know that is kind of an issue because we think about Jimmy Dean sausage, but it's James Dean, the actor. My favorite aspect of this is like showing this small town in Texas that is dead. I mean, it's a ghost town. And about these three women who have not left. And then how kind of you get the other three women that come back, but especially Joanne, who just is like a tornado. It just like is like there to make these women seem like admit to their secrets and lies. And I love the scene. Any scene with Joanne, you know, telling Juanita that her nasty ass husband was a alcoholic and <laughs> yeah. how he would grab like sissy's ass and stuff and how he was so fucking hypocritical and high and mighty and all this you know religious bullshit about you know firing him for presumably being homosexual whatever but um what i found weird was we don't find out that sissy married what the hell's the guy's name that joe has issues with um some stupid yeah it's like a Les- lester t lester t there you go yeah but like, it's kind of like the timeline's weird because Sissy and Joe are supposed to be good friends, but Lester T like beats the shit out of him and rapes him. And then she marries him after that. Like, it's it's weird. Like that, I'm just confused by that. And then the great monologue of Joe or Joanne yeah. uh, saying how she, she met Lester T a couple of years ago in a bar that she was working at. And he obviously didn't know it was her and he tried to have sex with her, which is so ironic. Yeah, that stuff is great. I'm glad that there was a payoff to share where she had her little monologue that she had like breast cancer, got her boobs removed. Because I was like, what the fuck is going on with yeah. like her boob? A lot of her talking about her bazooms and her watermelon tits. And I was like, what the, the fuck is this? Yeah. It was the whole, it was anytime she was out and it was just, look at my tits. Are they big? Are they big tits? Yeah. Well, and the Joanne reveal is great because it's Sissy going, damn, Joe, you look better than me. <laughs> and yeah. It's funny because Sissy doesn't get that she's a trans woman she just assumes he is doing drag and is going to take it all yeah. off you know and and then like keeps calling her her joe throughout the movie which is interesting but on that note this movie is interesting because it's when did it come out 1982 and obviously this is this isn't for sure because i don't know every movie that's ever come out but according to articles i was reading it was one of the first i don't know if you want to say positive depictions um but at least it was it was an emotionally complex, I guess is the term, transgender character for a film, which was rare. I think trans characters before that were, were seen as kind of characters with the disorder, like as killers. There's love, you know, like men dressing as women to kill and that kind of thing. That was kind of a trope. Um, or, you know, seen as tragic figures, especially for 1982. Obviously, the characters themselves don't know how to deal with it, but I don't think that's the movie being transphobic. I think that's... I think the movie knows or treats the Joanne character with respect. And I mean, this is 1982. Think about, you know, American society and its its education on trans issues and just trans people in general at that time. 
is say it's the last five or 10 years that it's really become a, you know, a mainstream topic. But and I, like I said, I love their reaction to when they find out it's, it's Joe. It's pretty great. I do know Karen Black, which I'm not going to like, again, I'm not going to ding a movie like for having a, a cis woman portray a trans woman because it's only been a few years that having trans women portray trans women on screen is, is a norm. But uh, I know Karen Black said it was probably the hardest role of her career emotionally. And I think you can tell. I mean, I usually call bullshit when actors are like, like you know, it took so much out of me and I couldn't, you know, all this mumbo jumbo, you know, crap about it when other actors are like, no, it's I'm it's I'm playing a character I'm pretending and then it's over. But I do think portraying a character like Joe is and Joanne, I should say, is um, could be emotionally distressing. So Dallas, I have a question for you. So I was looking through just transgender characters in film. Mm-hmm. What what is the difference? Is it or is it just the word of transvestite versus trans woman, transsexual, transgender? Yeah, I think it's like a generational thing. Because like looking at even but like looking at the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I think it was like I was trying to find what that one was at. Yeah, sweet transvestite. And then, yeah, it's transvestite. And then same year we have Inside Out, which I don't know what that film is, but it's transsexual. They're classified as transsexual. In that. Well, I I think transgender is a pretty new term. Okay. I just think it's what what the accepted term has has changed. Okay. And I also think like, you know, there's cross-dressing and there's, I think transvestite yeah. was used for so, that. And that's not the same thing as being a trans. Yes, because I, I know the character is like an evil scientist or whatever, but I feel like Rocky Horror Picture Show was a massive film and it wasn't like a bad light. It wasn't like the murderer, like the no. murderer person, but. No, but I, but that was like fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> This is like showing an actual depiction of a last last trans- thing on it. That I'll get off of Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's mm-hmm. so sad to see Tim Curry now. It is like I just feel so yeah, bad. And he's like good for him. I think he wants to be there, but him at like these like just like autograph signings in his wheelchair. It's like it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Okay, let's get back to what we're talking about. All right, so I started talking about small towns and ghost towns and that thing, and it just it's they didn't really explain why the town is dead but like and really was the town even booming 20 years before or was it just a movie was filmed 60 miles away and it became like a tourist destination for a little bit and then that was kind of but i think a lot of those towns it was usually like the highway system like when it diverted yeah off. it's like route 66 yeah so when it diverted when freeways off, came in yeah there no one drove through the town anymore so funny because like they you know they're all of it takes place in a five and dime store because some of the main characters worked have worked there for 20 some years but like you never see any customers like joanne is at first they think is a customer yeah and it's like how is this store <laughs> existing because yeah. joanne originally said she's browsing and when I goes, we don't get many browsers here anymore. They, people just kind of come in and get what they need and leave. But that the Five and Dime was Walmart. Like it was the Walmart of the town. And it's funny because like Five and Dime stores are now basically dollar stores. That's kind of the what they've like divulged into. Because yeah. every tiny little town has a Dollar General or a Family Dollar or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And everything with like the house, like the facade of the house for the, the film that they shot in Marfa, which was the giant, which is based in reality. They filmed the town of McCarthy, I think, that is made up, but... Marfa is where they shot um, that film and how like everyone's like it's just a facade it's not a real house when she's like you know I'm gonna live there we're gonna live there together the Mona character is pretty tragic to me um yeah. her delusions because we know she knows that's not James James Dean's yeah. kid we all know she knows yeah. it's just like 
Yeah. That's such a sad thing to like mentally break yourself to that point where you believe your lies. Mm-hmm. And it, to some extent, they all have that. I mean, Juanita with her alcoholic husband and. Uh, oh, I under, I get it. But make believing that the father of your child is somebody. No, it's men- that's mental illness. She wants to talk about, you know. <laughs> yeah. And to go back to Sandy Dennis, just the way that she would pause in between i love i love i love it because it would be like the the awkward laughs like she didn't know what she was laughing i like the awkward laughs that was funny i did like that and then they're like laughing at her yeah and they make fun of her they literally do like how she talks yeah back at her like there is aspects of the film that i i I just don't not a fan of plays so just how it's structured is not for me but i can respect but going back to like what you kind of kicked it off with them getting together, it made me think of like our college thing of like our kickball or any of those comm alliance. That group's never going to get back together ever. We, we might have a couple members here and there that'll form, yeah, but never going to get back together. And like they had like a friend that like choked on something and died. Like there's going to be people here yeah. and there that we're going to hear, oh, this person died. This person did this. And that group's never going to get, it's going to be me, you, Amanda, maybe a couple people in there, like where we start counting people that really weren't part of it, like Susan and stuff like that. Yeah. But it just makes you like, just feel sad because like that is oh, it's coming up on 10 years, which is insane to me that we're coming up on 10 years. Yeah, that is crazy. But yeah, and at the end when they're like, oh, we let's make a pack. Let's meet again in 20 years or whatever. <laughs> and they show the building is just decrepit and yeah. done. Yeah, it's very sad. Okay, I alluded to kind of the forgotten character of this movie where you see her in the beginning and then you see her at the end. But that's Edna Louise. <laughs> And her whole thing is she has a bunch of kids. She moved away and had a bunch of kids. Yeah. But it shows Stella May, the uh, Kathy Bates character, being so mean to her. Like, so mean. Because in the flashback, she comes in and wants to tell everyone about the movie that's being shot and all this. And Stella May just keeps um, trying to say things. And, and Louise gets so excited and says it instead. And she just goes, you idiot, you dumb. You're so dumb, you stupid. And, it's, and then at the end... And then Louise is like, oh, you're all so nice to me. And it's like, they've been nothing but awful to you. (laughs) They call you stupid. They don't let you talk. It like reminds me of certain sitcoms where there's a character that everyone just shits on. And then, but they're just so nice, but they just get shit on all the time. God, yeah. A lot of depressing things about how, a lot of jokes about how sad the town is. Like how the liveliest place is the graveyard and... And then Kathy Bates, because she's, what is she like, Mary Rich? Or is that what it is? And she has money now or whatever. And she wants to show off to, you know, her old teachers, her old asshole teachers. And they just go, none of them are alive. Everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's got to be someone alive in this town that I can <laughs> show who I am. At the end, we go back to Stella May, who's like, you know, talking about how she's happy. And Kathy Bates is trying to be like, God, anyone can be happy. It just like pushes her to where Kathy Bates goes, I'm happy. God damn it. But, you know, everyone's pretty good in this movie. I do like that Juanita kind of turns around a little bit because we just see her being so horrible to Joe and Joanne the whole movie. Um, and at the end, she leaves and says, I hope you found what you came here looking for, miss. And like a call back to when she came in, you know, to the store. I do want to say that Karen Black, I did have to look if it was a trans woman. Yeah. Just because, rest in peace, she had the the look of like the eyes pulled she back. She did. Really really plasticky she did no she did and i think it's great casting honestly because you do believe that she's a trans woman and she was very theatrical she's a very theatrical person in general also could you was you could definitely see through her shirt right it was sheer i could definitely feel like i was making out some nips 
Uh-huh. And that's great too. And she like kind of arches her yeah. back to show her boot her tits off. And they're like, What did you do? It's great. I love it. Yeah, and like she shows off her legs. And then I I love the end when they what is it? The the uh, what's the the singing group that they keep saying they were pretending to be like the Maguire sisters. Yeah. I think it was Cher's character goes, Holy shit, the Maguire sisters are reunited when she realizes it's Joe. And just Joanne just goes, Surprise. I love everything with the, the Joanne character. Um and then the yeah, the end when they do the little musical number. Like when I first saw this movie, which was years ago. That's the other thing I want to talk about. This movie was not like on anything. Like, I don't think there were DVDs of it. I don't think there were, you couldn't get it on demand until very recently. I first heard about this movie on some gay website and I Googled it and it was on YouTube. This was like 15 years ago, probably. And there's been a version of it on YouTube pretty much, you know, ever since I can remember. I think the one on there now is seven years old, but there's always been some version of it on YouTube, which is odd because, you know, like I said, Altman is a pretty well-known director i'm not sure what the issue is with that who who distributed it was it actually like a company that's defunct now probably distributed by syncom international films yeah viacom it looks like was part of it production so i have no idea who has the rights it can be where it's just lost and nobody knows who actually owns right first saw it i lost the string of where i was gonna go with that but anyway yeah, I can't remember. What the, what the fuck were we talking about? Yeah, I have no idea, Dallas. You're going about how you found the film is where you were at. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay. When I first watched it for the first time, like, I, like you, I was confused. But now when I watch it in terms of the, like the flashbacks, I love the uh, choice of like having it in the like the uh, mirror. And then the mirror just like yeah. reflects the store to what it looked like 20 years ago. And then it kind of, the camera goes into the mirror and you're in the flashback. But yeah, it is jarring that it's just the same actors looking exactly the same, <laughs> supposedly 20 years younger. That's like, again, it's like a play. Aspect. I also think it would have been stupid to have like younger actors playing them. I hate that in movies too. Because that's what confu- that's confuses me too. Because I'm like, okay, so who's this supposed to be? Who's this younger actor portrayed? What character are they? Like, yeah. at least with this, we knew who they were. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that directing choice. Okay, Dallas. Well, let's get to the point in where we talk about who do you want to bang in this film. There's not a lot of options for you. Not a lot of options. I mean, really there's only one option. One there, and then there's also just the idea of James Dean because they show James Dean a lot. Talk about him. You want to fuck the corpse of James Dean? That's cool. No, but I'd fuck James Dean from the fifth. Are you kidding? He's gorgeous. This version's dead. He got in a car crash. <laughs> dead. There's also Jimmy Dean, who we don't, never see, but he's 20. Um, also could have a disability Dallas so, so I don't know maybe taking advantage of I don't know like we said according to Sissy that's made okay. up but he's you might, fine. But, but, but you might be taking advantage of somebody <laughs> just letting you know that was a weird part where she's like she he ain't looking at matchbox cars he's looking at <laughs> tits and I gave him the magazines yeah I love that listen Mark Patton in those overalls is, is attractive I, I sure yeah I wouldn't say no yeah. Yeah, sure. Chill. Choices. Okay. okay, so if you had to grade the film, mm. what, would you, what would you give it? Because I'm going to have to just deduct it down a little bit, but I don't want to like destroy it. But I just want to know what you give it, and then I'll adjust from there. I mean, it's a bunch of wonderful actresses talking for two hours, so it's very much <laughs> my alley. And just being horrible to each other, which we love. There's also moments where they like are genuinely having a good time and laughing, too. I, I, I like all of it. Um, I guess a B-minus. 
I'm actually okay with that. I'm good with sticking with the B minus. I don't even need to lower it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of lowered it for you, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Because well, <laughs> I didn't want it to go into the C. So yeah. like, if I say B minus, you might just agree with me. There's no way I was going to look. I was going to go, if you would have went A, I was just going to go B plus. So B minus, I'm good yeah. with. I would have I been okay with a B. I would have been, if you want to say a B, solid B, I'm okay uh, with that. So I'm okay. okay. Let's do B. <laughs> okay. So Dallas, yeah. I'm throwing us a curveball. We've done this before. I want us to spend one minute on recapping season two of Our Flag Means Death. We've got one minute, Dallas. So it's got to be just broad strokes. I can't okay, go. we got one minute. Um, It's a fucking gay pirate show and it rocks. Like season two is better. I loved it, honestly. I love it. I love it so much. I'm worried this is just going to end where it's at. Like, it, it needs a season three, but it's. I don't think it's... I, I have no idea with Max and... No, I, it's unlikely probably, but... The only reason I think it has a chance is because of Taika. If he wasn't attached, right? Then, but I think he has enough pull in Hollywood right now, just because who he is and yeah, if, if he wants to do it, then, then, then so. he'll do yeah. it. Yeah, but, oh, the, their love story, I just love it. I love it so much. Reese Darby, he's just, so good. It's annoying. Yes. It's such a perfect character. It's just yeah. he's so in the pocket. It's crazy. And it's one of those things where, like, a lot of the side characters I can, like, take or leave, but, like, I love the, the show so much I can kind of overlook that. And some of the acting isn't maybe that strong, but whatever, yeah. who cares? And a lot of great, like, cameos, too, throughout the season, I think. Yeah, no, I like, yeah. I I, and I do love, I love that it goes full, it's full gay. It, you know, there's not basically a it, trans just, man yeah. character who is in a lesbian relationship. There's you know, a gay relationship, they get married at the end. And then there's the main gay relationship. Yeah. And then you also kind of have a vaguely gay character in the the guy who dresses as the sea witch or whatever. And then they put like the scary pirate guy in drag, yeah. the one leg, I forget his name, but yeah, it's just fucking I gay love it. and I love it. Go and watch it. Only eight episodes, season two. I forget what season one is probably similar. So you can watch it in a day or two. Okay, but Dale, let's wrap it up. I want this is my favorite part, Dallas. Let's wrap it up with my favorite conclusion of any of our shows. As always, I have three words for you. I can't quit you. Gay Film 101 is a part of the Unlikely Alliance Network. Links to all of our content can be found by going to the unlikelyalliance.com. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. And thank you for listening.